Beth, I'm, I'm really sorry, but this episode might contain some spoilers. 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 I'm going to have to leave. Sorry. Yeah. If you've not watched this episode, then uh, sorry, you're going to get it spoiled. Hi, it's me. I'm the Goblin King. <laughs> it's me. Hi, Hi I'm, I'm the, the Goblin, Goblin King. King. <laughs> At tea time, we oh. eat babies. <laughs> We're on BBC. <laughs> we babies as well, right? I'm the Goblin King, it's me. Podcast where we're watching every episode of Doctor Who from 1963 to present day. Um, I'm not doing that. <laughs> not <laughs> because it's not offensive, but because you can't speak French. I quite, no, I can speak. I can speak a bit of French. I just categorically refuse to do a French accent because I'm terrible at it, and it makes me cringe. It reminds me of Year Six French, and I get a bit triggered. He's David. I'm Beth. We're two huge Doctor Who fans, and we're continuing our Who Watch journey this week with The Reign of Terror, the eighth ever Doctor Who story, and the final episode of season one. Uh, before we begin, please do remember <laughs> to subscribe and follow us on the socials. I'm so sorry to all my French friends. <laughs> you can find us on at Who Watch Podcast, and you can email us with your thoughts on the story or our episode at the, the Who Watch Podcast at gmail.com. Plus, if you're on Spotify, you can let us know your thoughts via the Q and A buttons. And if you're enjoying our travels through space and time, please do give us a rating on your podcast provider or tell your pals spread the gospel of the who watch podcast i don't know why we've become so religious <laughs> and by the way make sure you listen to the end of the episode because we've got some news we've got some news we've got some things to talk about so yeah. um yeah stick around to the end keep listening can we can i read a quick email oh we absolutely i love a little email mm. we have an email from brandon arthur hi, hi brandon, brandon hi, hi. Definitely shopping big boy. <laughs> Sorry. Every time. Do the listeners know what that actually means? The listeners, do you know that we're making a reference to series three, episode one, Smith and Jones? <laughs> if not, go and watch it. Um, the email says, just wanted to say how much I'm loving your podcast. I took the journey you're on over a decade ago and I'm so excited to relive it through your thoughts and views. You make an hour absolutely fly by by working from home and I've just listened to the Marco Polo episode. So glad you're covering the missing stories too. The Telesap recons are a tough watch on times, but they're certainly better than nothing. Good luck to the animators on this one. <laughs> Funny, Brandon. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Thank you, Brandon. Brandon. It's oh, so nice to that. get lovely emails, honestly, because I guess we just make this and we just put it out and then obviously we get feedback from friends and stuff but it's nice to have you know people email make the yeah. effort to email in and tell us they're enjoying it like especially that feels people, really lovely especially people that we don't know yeah all so, oh, right thank you although i do recognize that name from like twitter or somewhere but yes yes, yes. <laughs> i know what you mean like people that aren't just like in our circle of friends get off the internet um as you might have guessed there is a french flavor to this <laughs> a french flavor a french flavor <laughs> i'd phone in some garlic croissant. some onions some croissant <laughs> Snail. <laughs> 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 Sorry, 
Um, and this week's adventure is a six-part story in which the TARDIS team land in the middle of the French Revolution. Exiting the TARDIS for leaving their back in 1960s England, the Doctor, Susan, Barber, and Ian... <laughs> <laughs> Barbar, the elephant. Wow. I've written this script so well. Barber and Ian Oh, that was me, sorry. Oh, did you do it on purpose? No. I just just misspelled Barbara. The Doctor, Susan, Barbara and Ian quickly meet a boy who explains that actually in 1794, and they're a few miles outside Paris. They find an abandoned house where they get changed into some time-appropriate clothes and realise the house is a safe house for counter-revolutionaries. There they meet Dargenson and Rouvray, who are on the run from revolutionary soldiers. But they're surrounded, and Ian, Barbara and Susan are captured and told they'll be taken to Paris to face the guillotine. <laughs> the... Why is that so funny guillotine. to you? The guillotine. Because I called it guillotine up until five minutes ago. This is, this is, you, you, I, I said you were correct in that. Okay, so I can't call it guillotine. You can call it the guillotine, you can call it the guillotine, oh, depending on how you're feeling. Switch that, reverse it! <laughs> If we take any more Wonka references into season two, I will we'll actually throw something. We'll end it here. This is the last one. <laughs> Dargenson and Rouvray, meanwhile, are killed. The soldiers set the house on fire with the doctor still inside. They've really got themselves into a pickle this time. The three go to Paris, where they're sentenced to death for being traitors to the revolution. They're split up, and Ian is popped into a separate cell to Susan and Babs, who begin to plot their escape. Meanwhile, the Doctor is safe from the blaze and sets off after his companions by walking seven miles to Paris. He sticks it to the man by whacking a chain gang leader over the head and setting the leader's men free. Iconic moment. Ian makes friends with a dying man named Webster in his cell, who, just before he cacks it, asks Ian to find a man named James Sterling and give him a message that he must return to England. The Doctor manages to make it to Paris to find his friends, but while he's plodding along, Susan and Barbara are put on a wagon to their final destination. Barbara thinks there might be a chance to escape, but Susan's got a bloody awful headache. They're saved when two men, Jules and Jean, hijack the wagon and take them back to their safe house. Ian manages to escape because his jailer was silly and left the keys in the door, but doesn't realise that a man called the Matro is watching him. Meanwhile, the Doctor goes to find some new threads in a clothes shop. He convinces the owner that he is a regional officer. Jules and Jean give Barbara and Susan a good meal and say they will help them escape from France, but they can't leave without the Doctor and Ian. They speculate that someone is a traitor, seeing as the soldiers found the abandoned safe house from earlier in the story. By this point in the story, Susan is giving big mum and been sick energy. Oh, mum, I've been sick energy. <laughs> the Doctor... Sorry, the regional officer forces his way into the jail, but by this point, his pals have gone. Lemaitre comes and convinces the doc to accompany him to visit actual Robespierre, who at this point is in a senior position of the French government and acting like a tyrant. The shopkeeper the doctor got his officer gear from comes back to accuse the doc of being a traitor. The pair go off to see Robespierre. He warns the doctor, who tries to convince him to slow down on the whole public executions thing. Susan continues to become more unwell, and their new maid, Leon, friend of Jules and John, goes off to find a doctor, not the one that she really needs, though. Barbara is definitely swooning over him. She, she is. is so giggling, handsome. kicking her feet. <laughs> Dear reader, I love him. <laughs> Jules and John, I mean, she's like, sorry, we'll get into that later. <laughs> Jules mm. and John go off to check one of their hideouts and find Ian. The doctor and Lemaitre return to the jail while our docky tries to make a swift exit, but is forced to stay. Ian is finally reunited with Babs and Susan, and he lets their new friends know that he has to find a James Sterling. Jules has no idea who that is, but they set up a meeting with Leon, who may know. Susan is sent off to see a doctor who is a bit suspicious of her. He leaves to get some leeches. Yum, yum, yum. Leeches. And Susan realises they've been locked in. The physician is a spy and has informed the soldiers where Babs and Susan are. Now. They're re-arrested and thrown back to jail. Blimey. 
The Doctor is sent to interrogate Babs and Ian walks right into a soldier trap at his meeting with Leon. Lemaitre overhears Babs and the Doctor's conversation and finds out the address of Jules' safe house. The Doctor convinces the jailer that Barbara is a powerful member of the protection racket and gets her let out so they can follow her to the rebel alliances. Barbara leaves for Jules' house and Jules goes off to find Ian, killing Ian's captors to free him, including Leon. Meanwhile, the Doctor tries to trick the jailer into letting Susan go too, but the jailer is worried he'll get in trouble with his superiors. Said superiors are in Robespierre's chambers, where he tells Lemaitre that he suspects his deputy Paul Barris is conspiring against him. He asks Lemaitre to track Barris outside the city to find out more. Ian and Jules return to the safe house where Babs has arrived, and she's not happy that Jules killed Leon. She really has an eye out for a bad boy. <laughs> the doctor convinces Susan to hide behind her cell door so that they can pretend that she's escaped. When the jailer goes to look, the doctor again whacks <laughs> another whack over the head mm -hmm. the doctor whacks him over the head and they attempt an escape Lemaitre reveals himself and that he has been double crossing the doctor the whole time and forces them to take him to the safe house Babs and Ian and Jules wait for the doctor and get a huge shock when he turns up with Lemaitre in a wild twist Lemaitre reveals that he is in fact James Sterling dun, dun, dun. and Ian finally delivers his message that he should return to England Ian manages to fill in the details from Webster to discover where a conspiracy against Robespierre will take place Ian, Jules and Babs go undercover to gain information from the meeting. There, Barris meets with actual Napoleon Bonaparte. <laughs> Barris tries to convince him to take the mantle of leadership after the overthrow of Robespierre, and Napoleon urges Barris to topple Robespierre himself. Lots of names. <laughs> Jules and Sterling are appalled by this, as they feel France needs a strong government rather than military dictatorship. So Sterling and Ian go off to halt Robespierre's imprisonment, Barbara finds this kind of funny because she knows that history can't be changed. She's been here before. When they get there, Robespierre has been shot in the mouth, ew, and sent to prison. The Doctor goes back to prison to convince the jailer to empty the cells in preparation for the huge amount of traitors that we brought. Faithful, 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 traitor. And Susan <laughs> is freed. Poor gal, she's been absolutely through it. Robespierre is put in a cell, Sterling heads for Calais, and Jules and John decide they will lie low for a while. The Doctor and his friends finally return to the TARDIS in the lovely little wagon, reflecting on their adventures and looking forward to travelling the stars. Aww. It's a cute, it's a really cute ending to that story. I do isn't like it? the ending of this one. And that and that was my favourite part. <laughs> right. <laughs> What's your favourite part of the Reign of Terror? The bit where it ended. It ends. <laughs> okay, you set me up for this right from the very start. You said to me at the start of this season, when we started doing this show, uh, and we were planning out like weeks of like this is what we're gonna do this week and this is what we're gonna do mm. next week, and this is the story that we'll be doing around here. And when we got to when we realised we were getting to Christmas and we would be getting to the end of the season, kind of around Christmas time, mm. you said to me, <laughs> I absolutely cannot stand the fact that we are gonna have to do the Reign of Terror. I know that everyone has like their individual thoughts on Doctor Who stories, and some people like some stories, some people don't like stories. As you've heard throughout the season, we've disagreed on stories that, you know, we've got different tastes. Like, mm -hmm. everyone has different tastes. So I was like, I'll wait until I've watched this in full. This commits the cardinal sin of any television story, but particularly a Doctor Who story, in that it puts the, all these great characters in this fascinating point in history that could be absolutely so interesting, and it does the cardinal sin in that it is boring. <laughs> it is boring as shit. It's so boring. It is so boring to watch because yeah. all you have are characters going from a to b from b to a and c to d and they just keep ending up in and the they're same just situation. in the same loop like the number of times that people get arrested in this and thrown into jail and they just go back and forth and just again. go back and forth and back and forth whereas in the aztecs 
Mm. Like, I know that you didn't like it as much. No, but it at was least still it was more like, interesting. It was a it progression was. of plot yeah. where it was like, okay, we've got this problem. Mm. The problem is the TARDIS is trapped in this tomb. Yes. We've got to get to the TARDIS. Whereas with this, yes, it was, we've got to get back to the TARDIS, which is like something like 10 miles outside of Paris. But like, it never felt that there was this kind of urgency and this kind of like strong direction of travel that we've got to yeah. go and do this thing. <clears throat> it just felt like at points like, oh, we are caught in the middle of um, a fight between the revolutionaries mm. and the counter-revolutionaries in France. Which, We're, like, when you get to the end of episode one, you're like, oh, it's really dramatic. Oh. Like, these are the highest stakes. Like, we were saying during the Aztecs episode yeah. that you wished that there would be, like, proper consequences yeah. to them going back in time. And then, you know, Barbara gets, like, propositioned by a man in the jail and then, like, they're in the middle oh. of this. And, you know, episode, like, so it's, it's really, really dramatic. Episode and, one and two I really love. Yeah, like, they're genuinely really high stakes that make you care. But then I don't think after like part one, part one and a half, I don't think I've cared. I've, I, I, I really tried as well. I have watched season one before and this was the one where I was like, I will never want to watch that again in my life. I hated it. <laughs> um, and I, but I did go in with an open mind because I wanted to really try. Mm. And I, again, enjoyed the first two and then it just fell off for me. Yeah. It just fell off for me. I, oh. <laughs> can we, can we, shall we start with what we did like? Yes. Right? And I... Again, I think this is a really interesting point in history to be putting these types of characters in because you have high stakes. You don't need an alien intervention because it's like actual, like humans are making all the mistakes. It's so nuts already. Yeah, it's bonkers banana pants. Like again, at the end of this story, bonkers banana pants. Bonkers banana pants. (laughs) Listen, you've introduced me to mini milk. Okay. Give me something. I'm gonna keep that. Um, at the end of this story, you know, as as was in history, I think, let's not get into that because we don't know very much about the French Revolution. Yeah, I think we have to preface this by saying <laughs> neither of us know very much about the French Revolution. And I did get a bit of an explainer going in, but I, I still don't really fully understand it. It's not a subject I ever learned at school. Mm. And the thing with stuff like this is that usually if there's an episode of Doctor Who about it, it would either educate me or pique my interest enough to go and find out more myself. Yeah. And I didn't care enough to go and find out more myself because I was so bored by it. And it also just made me so angry that it was so boring that I was just like, I just don't care about this. And I really mm. want to care. You want to, the thing that I love about Doctor Who is that it's shown me how to care about stuff that I didn't, I've spoken before about my poor education, things I didn't mm. learn in school or things that I had missed out on knowing mm. about, you know? Um, and I, I just don't, yeah, I, I, I think that, I try to imagine being a child watching this and being like, am I supposed to understand what's going on? <laughs> I, I I was piqued by the interest of Robespierre and like, as a character. Yeah. And I did a little bit of Googling afterwards and like, I was like, okay, he was um, horrific. Um, yes. <laughs> you know, wanting public executions and like wanting to basically turn France into a military dictatorship. Mm. So I found that a little bit interesting. Um, and also there are things in this that are... Again, well, we'll come to it at some point, but one of the things that I liked about Rosa, mm. which we'll come to um, as an episode, is that it deals with the actual like, realities of what happens in history. So, like, Ryan gets, mm. like, physically assaulted by yeah. a white man. This is a 2018 episode for yes. anyone that doesn't know. So sorry, episode. sorry. For people it's who okay. don't know, um, it's set, it's like about Rosa Parks. It's set in 1960s America, and... Um, there is a point where Ryan, who is a black companion, very full-time male black companion, by the way, lol, um, he picks up a white woman's glove when she drops it, and then her husband, like, physically physically assaults him. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons that I... Um, I have mixed feelings about the episode in general, but one of the things that I really liked about it is that 
it deals with the reality of what racism did to society and yeah. did to black people. And I like this as well. In some parts, because not that I like watching my, one of my favourite companions get, like, you know, propositions in an inappropriate manner by a mm-hmm. jailer, but, like, it deals with the fact that, like, what women would have had to go through if they were in, put in prison amongst men. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, their jailers being sexually as- abusive and mm-hmm. assaulting. Um, and I like that, you know, Robespierre gets shot in the mouth, you know, they're in a fire, like, they are threatened with a guillotine, like, they are dealing yeah. with the realities of, it's- like, Really it's harsh. bleak. It's bleak at points. And so I like that they just didn't shy away from it and just mm. went for it, which is great because that's how like we should talk mm. about history. You know? We should be re- re- realistic with it. Mm. Can I read a note? Go on. Just to break up the combo. My like fourth note down just says... Put the sense rights in this, you cowards. <laughs> <I've> <laughs> Bring also, them back. We've also got um, Ian and Barbara, please kiss. Because they're... Oh, also, this episode taught me what Tinder means. Because there's a bit where he 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 goes to find the matchbox. Yeah. And, I, and it's called like a Tinder box. A Tinder box, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then my housemate was like, yeah, that's why it's called Tinder. Because it's like you spark Start a flame. flame. And yeah. I was like, oh, mind blown. And then I've just written down, Ian Chesterton taught me what Tinder means. <laughs> Um, All these years later. Yeah. I'm trying to think what I liked about this episode. What I liked about this episode was there's some really cute stuff with Ian Barbara at the beginning Mm -hmm. where he calls her pretty. (laughs) Hee hee hee. And also she has has a little mini romance with Leon and it's quite interesting to watch. Yeah. Um, I think also the the references are really interesting. Yeah. Because to me it really felt like, have you ever watched The Scarlet Pimpernel or read The Scarlet Pimpernel? There's a, um, there. I think it's a book originally, but then there was a series made from it in the nineties mm. with Richard E. Grant playing an English spy in the French Revolution. Okay. And he's known as the Scarlet Pimpernel, and um, my aunt has it on DVD, and it's great fun. So I got those vibes from it as well. So right. I like I like some of the places that they're picking from. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which would have been a lot of fun, I think. To to this, I imagine this was quite a fun script to write. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I don't think it translates to screen. No, I think there are some bits where I was like, oh, wow, this is great. Like when the doctor, um, finds when he's on his walk to Paris and he finds the chain gang and he's like, mm. you're treating these men really badly. And then he ends up like whacking him around the head and set them all free. Like that, like the doctor sticking it to the man. Love that. Loved it. And then he, and then he whacks someone else on the head later on when he rescues Susan. Oh, yeah, it was quite violent in this. Yeah. I mean, also I think a lot of older Doctor Who fans who were sort of around for classic Who or 80s and 90s mm. era have said to me that one of the reasons they especially like queer men the, mm. the reason they identify so much with the Doctor as a hero was because it was the only male character on TV that wasn't violent mm. and that like wore f- like fanboy outfits and just mm. like used his brains and it was like all you know it wasn't like a James Bond yeah. you know I mean we can talk about John Pertwee but you know what I mean like it's, yeah. it, it was a character but, that they could identify with that wasn't just like oh it's Superman it's like a muscly hero that's really violent yeah. do you know what I mean so it's it's weird to have this here this this but then also it kind of feels like they talk about the Doctor's um, well Susan says I think that the French Revolution is the Doctor's favourite era mm-hmm. and I just wonder if he's just gone a bit like bit of a mad one because he's like oh my god I'm out of the French Revolution like, yeah. I must make my mark but it's, it's like it when, is a bit weird like when children go to Disneyland and they all just have a bit too much sugar and they start like you know hitting Goofy because they love <laughs> yeah. them 
<laughs> yeah, the doctor's still on a high from that hot chocolate a few episodes ago, and <laughs> he's got mental. He's had a turkey leg. Going, <laughs> I'm seeing that. Um, but also, he starts off in a really bad mood because you have to remember that the the, the cliffhanger for the censorites was that he was going to chuck I Ian just, and Barbara out of the TARDIS. I don't understand. I do not understand. Like, I I get that they have to like like ramp up some sort of tension so that it makes sense for this to be a final story. By the way, this doesn't make sense as a final story. No, it didn't. I mean, I think that the the final scene made it seem final. It felt very much like the end of Survival, where they've got like a closing a closing um, speech. But it also, but as a story, it doesn't. As a story, it doesn't, and it also, to me, I associate those types of speech as a. 2000s kid mm. with like episodes of Sarah Jane Adventures mm. where at the end of a season of Sarah Jane there would be like a proper finale episode it would feel like a finale life on earth can be an adventure too, too. <laughs> and it would feel it, it would feel like a finale it would feel yeah. like there would be like threads that had been pulled upon that would come together in some sort of manifestation yeah. and then I remember the series series five of the Sarah Jane Adventures the final episode of the final season mm. um obviously because Elizabeth Sladen had passed away before they had filmed the finale it, they like, they just like shoehorn in, um, one of her, those speeches from a previous mm. previous season, and I remember just feeling like, oh, that doesn't make sense because it doesn't feel like it's the end. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it's the end of like of this show, yeah. and it felt the exact same way when I was watching this because I was like, this doesn't feel like a series ender. Yeah, I got that too. I mean, there's the f- yeah. I remember being like, oh, I can't wait for the next one, and then I had to keep reminding myself that the next one would be the start of a new series. Because because yeah. I guess in the sense rights, there was a lot of foreshadowing about Susan leaving, and it felt like there was a lot of like build up of different threads for different characters. Yeah. Whereas with this, I could not tell you a single bit of character development between the main four at all. Barbara mentions like you know her experience with the Aztecs and how she knows now that that they can't change history, yeah. and so she's laughing at Ian trying to go and sort things out, but. So that, that, in a way, that was a bit rewarding to, to have watched that in order and get to that, where she's like, oh, I've learned this now. But apart from that, I can't think of a single thing between the Doctor and Susan, Susan and Barbara, Ian and Barbara, like, apart from that, like, one, a couple of bits at the beginning and then the nice speech at the end, which is genuinely a beautiful speech. Yeah. There's no, like, the thing for me is that I love spending time with these characters and even on some of the, like, less exciting scripts of this series the characters are what and the character moments are what really brings me into it there wasn't any of that for me so there's a bit too everyone feels a bit 2d yeah so it's like well the way to make me care about the french revolution is to put these characters in it and 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 make them care about each other and and interact with each other in a way that's where you get character development Mm. and i didn't get that from this at all i've got notes for episode one two and then just the final quote from the end of episode six because i got so Mm. and also we have to talk about the fact that two of the episodes are animated which yeah, is it's not even like the first two or the last two it's episode four and five which really i wasn't expecting it to do this but it really took me out of it, it. really like the mixed the the fact that the um texture changes and it's mixed materials almost mm. if it had been animated all the way through i don't think i would have minded yeah it's but just the mixture of it just yeah. like your eyes and your brain gets kind of adjusted to this particular viewing way and then when you shift that completely you're like oh Mm -hmm. i feel like i'm watching something else i feel like i'm watching something different yeah and i couldn't tell you really what the plot was for episode four and five or anything that happened in it because i was just really had to like i was really really struggling with it watch and re yeah we had to really look at look at the the actual plot on like wiki because we couldn't even really remember what we'd watched and i don't think i've really i've had that a couple of times a series but more just like to jog my memory of what i'd watched whereas this was like i don't even i couldn't even tell you what i watched one of the things that it comes back to, in my opinion, is something we've touched on a little bit before. Mm. Six, six, six episode stories to me just feels way too much. It is, and then there's like sometimes where 
you know, you can, as I've said before, sometimes I can, like with the sense rights, mm. I just watched it all the way through and I was like, loved that. I think it could have been like one episode shorter, but I enjoyed all of it. Yeah. Whereas with this, I was just like, oh, I can't even, like, I, I felt like a chore. Oh, it really felt like a chore. And it's such a sour note to end this series on because I think it's I a really. Be, I also feel really negative. Being I like, feel like we are being really negative, but we can't, I don't think we can really fake it. But I, yeah. I do think that this series has been a really beautiful journey for the characters and for us too personally, like mm. watching it all through. Like I just said, how exciting is it that we finished our first season of Classic Who? Yeah. I mean, I've watched it before this one, but I couldn't remember. I can't remember it yeah. very well. So like to get to this and be like, right, we finished our journey of season one and I'm going on to the next season. That was really exciting. But then it feels like ending on a bit of a sad note because I didn't really enjoy it. I remember the credits rolled and I was like, God, I can't wait for the next story. I kind of want to watch it now because I want to spend quality time with these comforting characters. Mm. And I didn't get that in this story. And now we're going on a break, so I can't watch it for a while anyway. <laughs> Other things we can talk about is um, the weird sound. Yeah, I play a version of episode two. Uh, for some reason, the dialogue is fine. can hear everyone perfectly clearly. Mm. But the music, um, it sounds like, you know when you switch speeds on a record player... Yeah. And like, yeah, 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 yeah. It sounds like you know when cats are like really hungry or in pain and they go Mah, Mah, Mah. my cat does that all the time, we call it ugly meow. And someone came into the room and was like, Why is Doctor Who doing an ugly meow? <laughs> because that's what it sounded like. And I was like, I don't I don't know what's wrong with this. I think um Twitter has just told me that it's like an old recording pre DVD that they've put up on iPlayer and right. that's why it's so dodgy. But it is horrible to listen to. It's like and it's all music. <laughs> it's not just it's not just the incidental music. It's like the theme tune. It's everything. Yeah. Everything. But not, not but not the the but not the dialogue, speech. which yeah. is so bizarre. So, so, so that took me out of it even more because even more. I was like, Jesus Christ, what's going on you here? Know, one thing that I found really interesting in this. One thing about me and the baddest alive. <laughs> we got the pretty face and everybody some of my mind. What, um, what would um, William Russell think of that song? What? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, sorry, make what your point. Would, no, I think William Russell would prefer, would, would agree with me in the, the the remix of that is better. The second remix of that is better. I don't think I've heard the second remix. There's a second remix of... Um, Super Freaky. Of Super Girl. Freaky Girls featuring... It has like a whole list of features including Bia, JT from City Girls. I have not heard this. Malibu I don't really Mitch. support Nicki Minaj, to be honest. I don't either. And also Pink Friday 2. It's not looking good. Utter shit. Like, I <laughs> just... Just like the rain of time. I'm joking. I'm so... <laughs> Joking, joking. I would give them the same number of stars. Like, I just, just think that, like, should I get into it? I might as well get into it because we've not got very much else to talk about with this story. But I um, know oh, we need to move on to our stars and things. We, yeah. However, and you had a point to make. I do have a point. I do have a point to make. We'll come back to it on Pink Friday too, <laughs> really quickly. <laughs> there's sampling, and there is completely ripping off a song and sticking yeah. a verse in it. The thing that annoys me about that album is that. Renaissance. So people were like compared it to Renaissance, and they were like, Renaissance has got ten samples at least, and this has only got six. And I was like, yeah, but Renaissance chopped and changed the song so much that you almost couldn't recognize it as a mm-hmm. sample. Mm-hmm. Whereas on this album, it's the human eyes rapping over a sped up version of Girls Just Want to Have Fun by Cindy Lauper. Oh the first song. Have you listened her. to it? Have you listened to it? No, because I can't abide Nicki Minaj. Right, I'll tell you all you need to know. <laughs> the first song, um, is has a different title. Um, but it is her rapping over a sped up version of Parties Over by Billie Eilish to the point where the production credit 
is just Phineas. Yeah, of course. Because it's. there's no one because else it's in it. It's not a new song. It's wow. not a new song. And she called it a new she called it a new title. And if she had released it in twenty nineteen as like a remix of Part Is Over, yeah. I'd have been absolutely fine with it. But it's like five years later. If she'd released <laughs> it like like a few years ago was like, here's my version of Part Is Over, would have been fine with it. But to title it completely something new, not put Billy as a feature. That's so fucking It's weird. so bizarre. I can't abide Nicki Minaj and so I can't bizarre. abide the Reign of Terror. <laughs> anyway, the point I was going to make was, the thing that I find really interesting in this, mm. I don't know if you noticed it too, is the times where they use northern accents. Yeah, I did notice that. Yeah, I was right? like, why, why? Why? There's one particular character yeah who is specifically is working class no it's the it's the jailer oh the jailer yeah the jailer and is, give him, him a is has accent. a northern accent oh. and i was just sat there like everyone else sounds cut clear crystal yeah. english Interesting. like rp well i guess back then though that's the whole thing isn't it that like any accent that wasn't rp equals, equals, equals working class you're a poor <laughs> How poor? <laughs> but no, that's have you seen the Wonka movie? Where, have you seen the Wonka movie? I've yet? not seen the Wonka. So there's a scene. Stop trying to make the Wonka movie happy. Please, but there's a scene where Matthew Bateson's character can't say the word "poor" without like vomiting, so he goes "poor, poor" every time. And, <laughs> and I've got to bring it back to the Wonka movie. <laughs> that doesn't make me want to. Right, it's really good, guys. It doesn't make me want to go and see it. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, that is that's so interesting because I I picked up on that, but I didn't really think about it that deeply. So that's interesting. But I just sat. That. I sat there. and I was like. There's no one else has got a northern accent in this. The only character that has it, I, well, maybe there was more, but I've completely forgotten. No, like, I think you're right. The character that I noticed having it is like is meant to be specifically working class. Yeah, it's yeah, meant yeah. to be like working at this prison. Yeah, yeah, no, I and think And I was you're just right. like, this just feels really weird and yeah. odd. But like, it makes sense for the time. It does make sense for the time. Speaking of accents. Go on. Why was the TARDIS's accent not there? Why was the TARDIS on mute? That was a really bad segue. Look so around, everybody on mute. <laughs> at the beginning, the TARDIS um, materialises, but there's no sound. Oh, yeah, there's no sound. I Why is, where's, as well. where's the TARDIS's accent, guys? <laughs> <laughs> I'm only ever going to refer to it as the TARDIS's accent from now on. Um, but Josh goes, my housemate, why is the TARDIS on mute? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. She found the silencers, guys. <laughs> um, she found that thing that stops her from going, really? <laughs> Before we do our star rating, please do make sure you subscribe to the Who Watch podcast. You can find us on socials at Who Watch Podcast, or you can send us your lovely thoughts and views on, to our email address, the Who Watch Podcast at gmail.com. Yes, please follow us, email us, harass us, give us attention. Don't harass us, please. Don't harass us, just give us attention and reviews and stuff. Um, um, should, we go, <laughs> should we go on to our stars? Uh, yes. Um, should we say it at the same time? Yeah. Three, two, one, two. One. Oh. Actually, do you know what? I was going to give it a two. And then as we were speaking, it made me more, up, just more, upset. more upset. So I've brought it down to a one, but I'm happy to keep it a two. Because I, I think that. I think that would be the lowest we've done so far. I think that for me, uh, the highs are, this is a great period of history to set a story in. Mm-mm. And I do kind of like how physical William Hartnell is and how foppish he is. Mm. And Barbara has a little bit to do in oh, this she does episode. try and get them out of the, the jail. Like she's like but they're scared of rats. The rats. The rats. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's one thing we forgot to talk about. Susan has just gone and seen, like, interstellar monsters, 
you know, space Nazis, like all sorts. And the thing that scares her is a little mouse. Yeah, but David, we've already discussed, like, she is scared of everything, even though she's a time traveller, and it doesn't make sense to me. And I feel like we're really seeing that, like, it it must have been so awful for Caroline Ford to go from that amazing script with the sensorites and how much she got to do, to to go to this, where she's just sick for most of it, and and doesn't get to do anything. I can't think of a single thing that Susan actually did, apart from scream at stuff, and... Also, we like, as some of you may know, in our fun facts previously, hmm. we have noted that, um, or not just in fun facts, but also in discussion, we have noted that like certain characters or actors will go away on holiday as part of their contract. Yeah. Um, and we thought that this might have been Caroline Ford's week to go on her little holiday and to have a chill out. Because she does, there's nothing because there's for her nothing to do. For her and she to disappears do. for whole chunks yeah. of time. And then we realise that, like, well, we don't know for 100% fact, but we thought we would find it on Tardis Wiki. It's not on Tardis Wiki that she's got, she goes on holiday. No. And we genuinely, I think, we just think that she just was written poorly in this, yeah. in this episode. it is on Tardis Wiki that William Russell went on holiday, so that yeah. means she probably wasn't on holiday because they're going one at a time per story. Yeah. So... It's just the fact that she was written really badly in this, and it's it's such a shame after yeah. what she got in the sense rights, and I yeah I didn't really enjoy the writing in this. So I, I remember after like Marco Polo and the sense rights thinking, wow, like the, this writing is amazing, mm. and I didn't get that with this. I just felt the opposite, and I'm, I'm such a shame that Susan doesn't have that many stories left because she was so wasted yeah. in this. I will say episode one is a really strong opener. It is, and it's that a really strong like, opener. that's insane, insanely high stakes. Like. Yeah. The doctor is locked in a, a, a abandoned house that's being burnt down and he can't yeah. get out. Ian and Susan and Barbara are off to the guillotine. Like yeah. it is high drama. Yeah. And then it all just, it all just falls <laughs> falls apart. Sorry, reign of terror. I did try. So we're giving it two. Let's give it a two. Yeah. Let's do song of the story. Song um, of the story. Let's just clarify um, for anyone who might be listening to this for the first time. We pick a song for every story that sort of encapsulates everything that we felt or everything that happened or is just relevant to the story and we've got a playlist on Spotify and you can go on there and find a song for every story so far. David, what's your song of the story? Right, my song of the story that <laughs> I... hope I've... it's not the same as mine. <laughs> we have such similar music taste that it scares me. Okay, I have picked... <laughs> go go on. Because I couldn't think of anything smarter. Oh my god, are you going to say the same thing as me? From the musical Les Miserables. No. Do you hear the people sing? <laughs> <laughs> I generally couldn't think of anything else you know that, would have, that would have made sense for this episode. It's better than mine. Okay. I, I had a joke one and then a real one. What's your what's your joke one? My joke one was bored by Billie Eilish because I was just so bored the whole <laughs> way through. But then I thought, no, I can do better than that. Come on. And I picked... <laughs> this is such a lazy song choice. I picked Paris by Taylor Swift. Because <laughs> they're in Paris. <laughs> They are in Paris. That's it. Oh, you know my other choice, actually, now that you've said that. What? Paris by Little Dragon. I don't know that song. <gasps> I'll play it for you later. Okay. Um, so I don't know which to pick from all of those, to be honest. <laughs> I feel like choosing Bored by Billie Eilish would be too mean. So let's pick one relevant to the story. I'm going to fight for Do You Hear the People Sing because it is set during the French Revolution. Oh, it is like I mean, a, like it's, a... it's less lazy than me picking Paris, Paris. by Taylor Swift. <laughs> I love Paris by Taylor Swift, but if you want to pick that. We were yeah. in Paris. We were somewhere I also else. think that we've had a lot of Taylor Swift on this playlist. So we far. have, so let's go for yours. Hang on, let me just double check. Is there on. anything wrong with that? I think we've got two Taylor Swift songs, haven't we? So maybe we should stick with yours. Uh, there, there is nothing wrong, obviously, before the Taylor Swift fans come and find me. There is nothing wrong with having plenty of Taylor Swift songs um, on the Who Watch podcast playlist. 
some of the story. However, I do think that it's important that we have wide-ranging tastes. Diversity in our song of the story. Exactly. No, and do you know what? That's why I knew it was a lazy song to pick, because I knew we'd picked Taylor Swift before. But it was just the only thing I could think of. We've had... Yeah, we've had The Great War and, and False, False God. God. Yeah. Okay, let's go for yours. Every episode, we choose a quote from the story that we find either funny or amusing or that we like. I'm going to be completely honest in saying that I I, I have <laughs> I can't think of anything that has come to mind that I really loved and or that was amusing. And I keep scrolling through the transcript right now and I just... Well, I think I that's the, the problem can't. with it, isn't it? That if you found something so uninteresting that you can't even pick a quote... Like, for me, most of the time, either something really funny or really profound jumps out from one of the scripts. Yeah. And there was only one thing that I could think of to choose for this, which and it's a really obvious one. Yeah. Um, so the fact that you couldn't find anything is, like, quite sad because it just shows that, like, it was just so uninteresting and to us. Even if I don't remember the exact quote, I will remember bits of the story that I will yeah. just be like, oh, that, like, soon in my, like, the yeah. sensor appearing at the window yeah, yeah, or, yeah. like... You know, the attacks are coming in as Barbara. Like, you know, all these bits that, like, just will stick in the memory. Like, the dark scene with Daleks for the first time. Mm -hmm. Hard. Um, You know, Susan with a knife. (laughs) Yes. Whereas I can't think of really anything apart from the end of episode one. Yeah. Ian's being pressed to give up details. And they're like, tell us the truth, where you came from. And he's like, all right, okay. I flew here with three friends in a small box. (laughs) (laughs) And just the way he delivers it is so funny because he's like, they're not going to believe me. But the way he just describes it, I flew here with three three friends. I can't even speak. I flew here with three friends in. That's a really... That's a tongue twister. I flew here with three friends. 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 I flew here with three friends in a small box. It's just a funny, out of context quote. I flew here with three three friends friends in a small box. box. Like, out of context, that's pretty funny. Yeah. It's not as funny as some of the others we picked, but there wasn't that much to pick from. Yeah, well, thanks, Dennis (laughs) Brudo. I feel like we're being so negative, but I can't muster the enthusiasm for something I didn't like. And it's really difficult. And it's it's easy to be negative about stuff that was like six years ago, because you're like, well... You know, it was six years ago. Mm. So it's kind of fine. But, but also, like, that's, like, that's part of our, our right to be Yeah, to, it's part of our critical. journey, isn't it? Because if we were just, like, perfect and and enthusiastic about every single thing and positive about everything, I, it wouldn't be... wouldn't be real. Anyway, so... Anyway, so... Switch that, reverse it. <laughs> What's our last ah! thing? Is it... Um... Background character of the week and we've got fun facts too. Alright, so we should go on to our background character. Yes. Um, I have a feeling we're going to pick the same one. Uh, so so... We, we pick a background character every story. And it can be a character or an item or just something that just stands out in a way that it really shouldn't but also... Oh, I know what you're going to say. We're going to say the same thing. Right. Is it the old coughing woman? No, mine was the rats. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I remember coughing woman because she's like <laughs> 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 and I remember it being, like it was so it was so over the top that it made like everyone in my house laugh from across the house because they could hear it um no all... that's such a good back- I'm so annoyed I didn't pick that yeah this is I... old coughing woman comes in and she's like walking through the centre of Paris while when the doctor arrives in Paris and she just starts <laughs> <laughs> but it is just in the most over the top fake it looks way so good um I picked the rats because when I lived in my old flat in, in High Barnet, um, just before we left, there was, you know the noise that like that the rats were making? That exact noise was coming from our bathtub inside underneath the bathtub. Uh, sorry. And we were like, well, we just didn't know what it was because we couldn't get into it because it was inside the bathtub. 
And so, but I've realised now that it must have been a rat or some rats because it was that exact noise. But then the thing is, it happened the week we left, so we just didn't tell anyone because we, we were like just... So like a scratchy... It was like the... Like the... the uh, it was horrible. Well, actually, no, I think we did so tell the landlord, but it's it's... It just reminded me of that and made me laugh a lot because it was such chaos in our last week of just like we wake up in the night hearing that. And, and you know, like a bathtub is really echoey. Yeah. <laughs> horrendous place. Horrendous bathtub. We, um, um, we had mice last year and um, they used to like, they used to come up and just like be on the counter. <laughs> they used to just be sat on the counter. Bold and be, like, of them. It was, like a, it was like one mouse and it would, it would, it would what you know it would do? It would climb up the, it would climb up our, Clothes horse. No. Climb up the clothes horse, jump onto the oh counter, walk its way round behind the sink, walk its way towards the spice cupboards. Ratatouille. Honestly, it would be sat on the counter behind the gas hob. And it would just be like, Did he Ayah. jump on your head and start to make you cook things? No, he did not. He tried very hard. We did catch him. We did catch him in a trap. Moving on. The rats was the background character for us. Speak for me. Should we go on to our fun, fun facts? Hope it doesn't involve mice or rats. Um, it does actually. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Then. Thank God. So yeah, we pick a fun fact every week, and um, mostly it's from Tardis Wiki. So if it's not true, then you can blame them. Uh, my fun fact of the week is that Caroline Ford's daughter visited the set. That was my fact. <laughs> 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 Go on. Great. Well, we've got one there. We don't need to have another one. Caroline Ford's daughter visited the set while she they were filming. Um, Reign of Terror, and she said she wouldn't speak to Jack Cunningham, who played the tr- the jailer, because quote he was responsible for locking Mummy up. That was also I just my find fact. That so it is funny. really funny. Um, also, there's there is a um a, a little fact on here that says that um the person that directed most of Reign of Terror, Henrik Hirsch, um. Caroline Ford said that he would give her no direction during a take and then afterwards he'd be like, don't be so maudlin. <laughs> she really went fucking through it she on this went show. Through it. No wonder Caroline Ford was like, I'm off. I'm off. See you later. Thank you very much. Good night. Um, well, I don't blame her after that. Yeah. I like how our fun facts always revolve around Caroline Ford because she's so iconic. Oh yeah, because she's a diva and an icon of star. Well, we've come to the point where we normally talk about news. However, we're going to make it news about us, I suppose. Yeah, let's do it. Let's rip the bandit off. This sounds like we're going to. This sounds like we're quitting. We're not quitting. Like we're having a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Beth and I have some news, and uh, we're joining the Mormons. Giving, I'm giving birth to Janice Goblin. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, joined the Jehovah's Witnesses, and uh, the podcast will be coming. Coming a Mormon. <laughs> Scientology have got me. <laughs> Tom Cruise. <laughs> we should cut this out. Leah, Re- <laughs> Leah Remini, if you could hear this. <laughs> Free us. Free us, Leah. <laughs> oh my God. I've always um, called her Leah Remini. Did you? It's probably wrong. No, it, it is it's, wrong. It's Leah Remini. Well, now I know. Um, um, should we do our news? She was, she was on Drag Race and she's one of the only people who's ever like f- like argued Michelle Visage and got away with it. <laughs> if anyone's going to argue with you and they're going to win, it's, well, I didn't it's get Leah that. Remini. <laughs> New Jersey, Leah, never Leah the remedy. <laughs> um, first thing that we want to say is just um, as we've come to the end of season one of uh, Doctor Who and of the Who Watch podcast, is just a massive thank you, um, because we, in all seriousness, we're gonna be we're gonna be serious for a hot minute. We're sorry, um, we do this off our own backs and we do it as a labor of love because we a love this show. 
and B, not to get soppy, but Beth, you're one of my best friends in the entire world. Um, she's so gay and um we really love this program and we love talking about it but um we like let's just like let's be like let's be honest we present this ourselves you quite often will write the script yourself i you edit it every edit. week yeah produce it we do the socials. We do the socials. Like, it's all... <laughs> I try and do the socials. We try and do socials. We, is... And we watch the stories. Oh, watch, watch like two two hours or so of television every single week. We write the notes. TV. We write the scripts. We, we write do. The theme, you theme, edit theme, 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 theme. brilliantly. Um. So, and then we do that while also like, I have a full time job. You're currently freelance. Like yeah. We 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 do it all with our actual lives around us. Yeah. So um. What we're going to do every single season, when we finish a season, is take a break. Just so we a can... lie down. Uh, just so we can have a little light in a dark room. Yeah. Just have a little hot minute. Also because it's like, particularly this time of year, it's Christmas. It's, and it's Christ- about to be Christmas. It's currently like, what, the, what day is it? It's the 17th, <laughs> the 17th of December. December. <laughs> like, Christmas is going to be in less than 10 days. It's going to be a lot. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we're going to be taking a little bit of a break. Don't worry. We'll be back. We're coming back. We're coming back. We'll be back in the new year. We'll be back on... Should we say it now? Yeah. Okay. We will be back back on the 10th 10th of January. January. Um, Which will sound like a long way away, I'm sure. But I think it gives everyone a chance to catch up if they haven't started the podcast yet or on their latest episodes or whatever they want to do. Yeah. Yeah, Gives people a little little chance to listen to everything. Um, And especially as we've completed season one, again, we say thank you to them every single week, but we would love to say another big thank you to Reese Connolly and to Hayden Wynn for our art and our music because it's just like really made made it what it is and we um, just yeah and there. we asked you guys to do that really quickly yeah. it's a tight turnaround <laughs> and you guys delivered Sorry. so go and hire them we yeah we love you very much so thank you so much for that um so yeah season two will start on the 10th of january in the meantime we've got a couple of things that are gonna happen over christmas and new year yeah. that we'd like to talk about other than the church and ruby road other than the church <laughs> and ruby road which i'm really excited and you saw a ladder in the sky and you thought i'm gonna jump on that babe <laughs> love him uh, i love them my husband i love them my husband and my wife. let's not even get started on goblin song we'll be here all day um <laughs> should we talk about kofi coffee sorry that's on number, sorry the fact that goblin song is number six in the official charts is, wild. is it number six now i think it got i thought it was number 12 no no uh, no it number was six. number 12 it was number oh 12. my god it's nuts it's so nuts so stupid um let's talk about kofi so like like we just said we do this of our own free time and free will yeah and um, we absolutely do not expect anybody to give us money. <laughs> Let's just make that clear. We, we do not we expect... We would do this whether we had money or not. Literally. This this has started off as a project that we do not get paid for. Mm-hmm. And we were very lucky that, like, for example, like Penguin Random Harris gave us a free sample of Marco Polo uh, very yeah. early on. We're very lucky that we've got some, like, you know, very generous people who have, like, helped us out. Mm. So, um, but yeah, we are doing this of our own back. If you ever want to donate any money, <laughs> again... Just, or just enough to get us a little coffee to get, get us, us through the coffee. episode. <laughs> um, don't give us... Enough to get us a bubble tea. A bubble tea. Oh, God. <laughs> we will go nuts if we have another bubble tea. Um, we are going to put start putting a Kofi into our um, show notes and into our link tree as well. Yeah. And there is, again, there is absolutely no obligation to do anything... Um, yeah, but this if you is have... like just you know, just in case yeah. we don't expect anything. We 
we're lucky enough that anyone even listens to us do yeah. this. And so, but if, yeah, if you're interested in supporting us in any way, financially, I guess. Yeah. You know, we'd be happy with a nice email, but if you want to support us financially, yeah, we, you, you know, it's actually in some ways it's been really lovely to have all those nice emails and and um social interactions. So if yeah. you if you feel like you would like to contribute to our emotional well being, then please, please do. Give, yeah, if you would like to validate us, please tweet us at Who Watch Podcast or email us at the Who Watch Podcast at gmail dot com or just text us if you're one of our friends. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, friends. We'll take those. So yeah, those are the kind of ways that you can support us, and we'd really appreciate that. You can all. So obviously like review share with your friends and family over yeah. Christmas and New Year is like here's this new thing you might want to start if oh. your New Year's revolution, revolution resolution is to start listening to podcasts more often then like throw them our way we'll share have them us. number two on the list or is it number three I don't know I think it's number three kind of no actually technically four on the bullet point list but let's just go <laughs> with number whatever number whatever Um, we are by the time you listen to this crossing my fingers hopefully all of our episodes will be available on YouTube. Yay! We have tried using YouTube Podcasts, which has just launched in the UK, and it's playing up a little bit at the moment. It's right. not playing ball. So we're going to just put them up as videos, and you can listen to them that way. Great. Uh, keep us in the background of you, like, you know, doing your work you or whatever. Why are you washing up? Um, so that's another way that you can listen to us, which is very exciting. Yay! Should we move on to point the fifth? Point the fifth? Is this the fifth point? One, two, three, four, five. Yes. Point the fifth. Point the fifth. <laughs> um, Beth and I have got ourselves gifts. <laughs> we've brought each other, well, we would have done this anyway because we are friends, but we've um, brought each other Christmas presents. I mean, what I wanted David to open his live on the podcast. Live. <laughs> um, so I brought it because I think your reaction is going to be quite funny. Right, I've been really, so, I'm so intrigued by this. this also, just this wrapping to, is wonderful. For audio, it's not. Well, just for audio description here, we've got a reindeer wrapping paper. I found this somewhere in my house. Several reindeer in with different, all wearing different eyewear. <laughs> It's like, it's like Kylie Minogue's <laughs> Spectator range. But reindeers. But reindeers. What is this? <laughs> so I need to explain once you open this, because I feel like you're going <laughs> to... Right. I've, I've opened it. There's I want bubble... you to describe what it is as There's well. There's some Kablam bubble wrap. <laughs> Better not burst that. Oh. Kablam it. Kablam it. It's a Kablam bag. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a little sensorite figure. So it's a little sensey. I ordered this for you when I got to like episode two of the sensorites, uh-huh. and I loved it so much, and I was so sure that you were gonna love it too that I ordered us both matching sensorite <laughs> figures, just as also as a celebration of the podcast because I knew we were nearing series it. one, and I was like. I want David and I to both have a sensor right in our house to remind us of the podcast oh. and each other. But then you hated the story that I felt really bad. <laughs> and I kind of wish I got you involved right. instead. I, I've, now that I've watched this, in, like now that I've given myself a week, and also because I have this beautiful gift, I don't hate <laughs> it as much as I think I came across as hating it. I, I, <laughs> I Is that because the fun. reign of terror was so bad that it made you realise yes. you hate the sensor Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Um, you got to open oh, his little so flip-flap feet. Oh, he's got his little flip-flap feet. Yeah. So I also have little, one in my house and we will match for him. His little stethoscope to his head. Oh, he's so cute. It's actually really good quality. The only it's thing I wonderful. find really weird is that it's not in black and white because they're obviously... So, that is, so, so like they've given him like quite, quite flesh-coloured skin, which is not how I imagined them. No, but then it's like because they're black and white. I wonder if... No, I imagine them as green. Them. Is that weird? Really? That, that is green? kind of weird. Oh, all right. Let me use my imagination, Beth Axford. No, but just, I think maybe I'd seen a picture of them looking fleshy before. Oh, yeah, so, look, that's, they were that colour, apparently. <gasps> oh! So, like, quite ood-like in, in colour, are. I would say. 
Yeah, well, oh, I thought maybe you I could just him. have this little Santa as a, as a as a trinket of the podcast. Oh, like, can't... this is our trinket oh, of that's season so one. so cute. Thank you. He's quite cute, isn't he? He is really cute. I think yours has got more of a silver beard than mine does. But, He's got uh, flip flat feet. But I think they're all, like, hand-painted, like, individually. So it looks really? quite detailed, isn't he? That's yeah. quite detailed, though, for hand-painting. He's cute. Just don't drop him on the floor or his head will fall off. Oh, he's got his little. He's got his little. Um, he's got his little weapon. Yeah. So for anyone, I mean, most his, people listening will know what the, the the eagle moss figurine collection is and what they look like. So that's what little, he is. His little. Ta- oh, thank you. I'm glad you love it. Um, uh, I have a gift for you. Do you? Yeah, I is do. Is it your presents? My, are you, yeah, are it's you my the presents. gift? My presents. Is, <laughs> I am the gift. It's in this little card. Thank you. All. What does WBWKKC mean? It'll make sense once you open it. I think. Oh, so Beth's got this beautiful little card. These were designed by my friend Harry Nicholas. I have to say, I did watch you write this card in front of me <laughs> before you put it in the envelope. So, like, it's, the physical <gasps> gift is not in there, but the you'll get no notice of what the gift is when you read it. You're my favourite podcast wife, and I love the child we have made together. <laughs> what? Yeah! Wait, as in cabaret... Cabaret... Not Gallifrey Cabaret. Normal Cabaret. Cabaret Cabaret. No! Yeah! Oh, my God! Yeah! No, yeah. that's too much. No, yeah, it's gonna be okay. Yeah, <laughs> I already got your sensor right. Well, there you go. I'll go with you. It's a solo. Oh, okay. Oh my god, that's gonna be so weird. I've never seen anything solo before. But that's why. That's why I thought I'd be like. You are such an angel, show. guys. He's got me. So he's written. I brought you a seat at the greatest show in the galaxy. Life is <laughs> life is a cabaret. So I'm going to see cabaret. Yeah. I feel like my gift is shit now. <laughs> Not you getting me a whole cabaret ticket, and I'm like, I have a sensor right. <laughs> Yeah, have a sensor right. <laughs> oh my god! As the old team goes, this is a beautiful card as well. It well is a lovely Harry. card. It is a lovely card. I don't it's know a, what to say. I feel a bit gay. shook. I don't know what to say. <laughs> that's one of the kindest gifts I've ever received. Oh, thank you. That's all right. I love you. Mm. Oh my god! I can't believe I only got you a sensor. I'm gonna have to start again. <laughs> I'll gift you up. <laughs> You're going to the moon with Richard Branson. You, you've done this. Yeah. Oh, I love the child we've made together. I'm gonna cry. I better not cry. Please don't cry. Oh Please don't cry. Right. Well, um, before we go, we actually we also have a gift for the listeners. We do. We have a gift for you guys. Merry Christmas. Merry Chrysler. Um, Merry Chrysler. <laughs> Merry Whitman. Um, throughout the season, right? Let me tell you this. We will sometimes record for an hour and a half, and we don't aim to. <laughs> It's not that bad. I mean, like, we could could go for longer. We could go for longer, (laughs) but we aim to get out an episode that's about 45, 50 minutes. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, some of the shit that is on the cutting room floor... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can't wait for you to hear this. Utter disaster. But some of it is gold. And I've, throughout this season, been collating the gold. Oh, yes. See, I don't really... I I knew you were doing this, but not really, because, like, obviously you're the editor guy, so I just (laughs) let you do your thing. I'm excited for this blooper episode. So, on Boxing Day, because we want you to spend Christmas Day with the people that you love, or by yourself having a wank, who knows? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Fair. Watching watching the Church of Ruby Rose. Watching the Church of Ruby Rose and having a wank. Um, Whatever you're doing on Christmas, we want you to celebrate and have a really lovely, peaceful time. On Boxing Day, however, when you're hungover, <laughs> we are going to put out a, a special bonus episode, and it is oh, like going to be a few minutes of blooper that we have collated together. Um, I'm going to have to send it to you before we put it out because some of the stuff check, that we've check. said. I feel like I need to <laughs> be careful here. <laughs> some of the things we've said. Uh, <laughs> Whoopsie. Cool, cool, cool. 
Um, but yes, that is our gift to you because we love you very much, dear. We love you very much. Thank you so much for listening to us over the past eight weeks. Yeah. Or whenever you're listening to this, we appreciate it so much that anybody would listen to us yeah. talk about Doctor Who. And just thank you to all my friends who listen to it religiously and every, just everyone, everyone yeah. what's supporting us. I'd like to say thank you to the Academy, <laughs> to God, BAFTA. to BAFTA, <laughs> and uh, to my favourite scientist, Professor Jonathan Van Tapp. <laughs> Next slide, please. On that note, <laughs> should we send the sensor right to Cabaret? Just put him in this, in this Cabaret seat. <laughs> Sensorites offer with Jake Shears and Rebecca Lisa Taylor. Imagine trying to explain cabaret to the sensorites. <laughs> I think we should end what on that. What is this? <laughs> It'd be too loud for them. They'd have a meltdown. They would break. Self-esteem belting out and they're just sat there shaking. Oh my God. That, who is this man? It's like it's Jake so Shears. Loud. They'll be like shaking their shaking. heads. Shaking. And on that note. <laughs> We will see you all um, for Planet of Giants. We'll see you on the 10th of January. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.